You are listening to the Ghostlight Podcast, Season 3, Episode 2, Vex Not His Ghost. You scholars of English, one question I'll ask. To answer, you won't find a difficult task. Of Shakespeare's great heroes, which one would you pick to award him first prize for being... in the soup but the stupidest moron in all of Shakespeare was that old king of England the man they call Lear oh welcome back to the ghost light podcast I am your host Paul Mackey and I am joined tonight by my lovely wife Darcy hi and our lovely friend Amy hi and our lovely friend Ben why do you always introduce Darcy first she's right here (laughs) every time you switch it between me and Amy as to who's second and third. Hey, you ben, always do Darcy first. You're not sleeping with him. I get something. I am just... not because he's too far away. <laughs> oh, is that the only reason? <laughs> Look out. Uh-oh. I'm just saying, it would be nice to be recognized every once in a while. And I'm sure Amy feels the same. <laughs> it made the most, whatever. I wouldn't say no, but it made the most sense <laughs> right. to introduce Darcy first. Ah, she's sitting there. The Amy's mostly just sitting there stewing about the 60-second challenge. Uh, no, no, I'm, I can, I'm not well. stewing. I have enough notes. She's good to go. All right, well, this episode is called Vex Not His Ghost. And this is a quote directly from the uh, play King Lear. Act 5, Scene 3, Kent, just as Lear dies. He says, vex not his ghost, oh, let him pass. He hates him that would mar... I can't read my handwriting. Try again. Should have just printed it out. Vex not his ghost, oh, let him pass. He hates him that would, upon the rack of this tough world, stretch him out longer. Looks like a wreck from here. Yeah, I kind of messed it up. Did you you hear the the verse? (laughs) Did you hear the verse? Not at all. (laughs) I thought I did it a little bit. You tried. (laughs) Jeez, Paul. I tried. I realized yeah, <laughs> I am not. I am not a. Uh, I'm profe- out of here until you. I'm learn not a professional actor. Okay, yes. Yeah. We'll call you back. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this week we have for our 60 second plot summary. Uh, Amy Bone is going to be taking this away. Go, yep. Amy! Oh, that's cheering. right. And you got a cheering section here. I I do. She does such a great job. Oh, right. thanks, Darcy. I appreciate it. I have it. to say that because Ben just always does amazing and well. Aw. Now, I'm running this stopwatch up here to uh, track our edit points if we need any. Edit? So, yeah, yeah, because I'm making it a little faster on me. You know, if, if there's basically a long swath of good audio and no need to edit, then I don't need to ha- absolutely need to listen to everything, everything for the entire two hours. Oh. Which I usually do at So, point. like, all of this extra talking that we're doing at three minutes and 16 seconds. Oh, it's staying in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me uh, change to my uh, other stopwatch on my watch. Watch. Slash pedometer. 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 That's where I was going with it. That is where I was going with it. All right. Have we stalled enough, Amy? Are you? Uh, I think yes. Generally think prepared. Yeah. Let's go. All right. We'll count down three, two, one. Heroin. All right. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. Heroin. One of the music groups from the World Music Festival is returning to Bolivia because there isn't another plane for a week. But unbeknownst to them, there's been a coup there. Jeffrey's problem has not 
as introduced in the previous episode, has not been solved yet. Darren's musical is getting rolling, and we meet all the new characters who are in the musical. Richard is producing the musical. Yay! Um, We meet Charles in rehearsal with the other actors for King Lear, and turns out he's kind of a jerk and kind of difficult to work with, even more so than the other lead actors and in a different way. And we learn more about Jeffrey's backstory. Um, There's a parallel conversation summarizing the two plays that are going on. And Jeffrey goes into therapy. Oliver wants to actually die and and actually uh, move on or something like that. He's just tired of this marginal existence. And Richard and Anna get drunk and he... And he is actually having fun for the first time in his life in theater administration. There's a, apparently there's a rivalry starting to build between the musical cast and the classical theater resident company people. Mm-hmm. Oliver is starting to uh, randomly disappear, as ghosts do. And the reveal at the end is that... Charles has cancer, and it's his last wish to be allowed to play King King Lear. The end. Got one minute and 50 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did about the same last time. I, I, I did worse, I think, so. Yeah. It's it's so hard well, to I mean, get la- I think the, the la- last last episode, I think I got it in right around a minute, but the previous you times. skipped. I, and I tend to I tend to suck at these things. Yeah. <laughs> Look at my notes. Notes this time. All right. Forgot to look at the Skype countdown timer. So before we begin, there was a title card at the beginning of my uh, my copy of this episode. Has that been? Was that in the very first title? What card? kind of title card did you get? It was a uh, a showcase, the Movie Network, and oh. a Movie Con <laughs> Central original. Yeah. No. Like, so. It was a production company. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. There was a, there was a production title card at the head of the episode one, season three, or just this episode. Uh, I think I've seen it on other episodes. Okay, it's the first time in this is what six, twelve, the fourteenth episode that I've noticed a title card. And I mean, I know you're not using Netflix, obviously, because they they dropped the show like a hot potato just as we were getting started. But right. I know that on on Netflix, a lot of shows lose their title cards because of whatever they're doing to 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 put the episodes together. So well, I'm on I'm be. on Amazon. Yeah, I know, so. I know. It could be it could be that you're losing a title card where where they're being careless about their start point or something like that. Mm, yeah. Anyways, well, it just was it was weird. It's, it. I noticed it there too, and I don't. I didn't recall noticing it before. Over on X Files, they've they've lost all of their uh, their clever titles. The truth is out there, and whatnot that comes at the end of the credit sequence because Netflix doesn't include that anymore. On weird. Things. Yeah, it's weird that they would edit that out. Yes, I, I, that's a part of the actual show. And I think they're also losing their title. The any of the their lower thirds that uh, establish the setting. That are so common on all of X Files that it's like the thing. That's every time important. they every time they change yeah. scenes, there was a there was you know place and time at the bottom of the screen. They've lost yeah. those too, apparently. Huh. Well, they're going to do that when they show twenty four. Are they not going to have the countdown in the corner? Well, no idea. That's the whole purpose of the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a, an important part of the storytelling. Hmm. That sucks. In both cases. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, I don't. It's how, not a tangent. What were you ringing that with? <laughs> I wasn't ringing anything. You, I'm sitting here drinking. No, you rang it last time, and it really sounded loud. Oh, mm. uh, all right. Hey, hey, it's my birthday this weekend. I asked for a handbell. <laughs> it's on my birthday list. What is your my birthday, nose. Paul? What, uh, it's Monday. What date? What's the date? Monday the nineteenth. Okay. Nobody. Mine's twenty fourth. Nobody must get anything. Is oh. it? Well, happy yeah. birthday coming happy up. Coming up birthday. Next Likewise. Saturday, right? Yep. Excellent. All right, shall we leap into the the uh, the granular level summary? Sure. Because we've got uh, we've got a bunch of new faces to to go through, including oh. one that's sort of a familiar face from the season one discussions. Okay. Really? Well, not a face, but a familiar name from the season one discussions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Are you talking about the cold open? No, that's just the whole show. The whole show. I've got a lot of a lot of people to to, to oh, okay. say who's new. I got you. This. I got you. Oh, okay, I know, I know what you're talking about there. Yes. All right, well, we're at the cold open. Los Perdidos, boarding the bus, and they're leaving on the bus despite the loss of the St. Christopher Medal, the patron saint of travelers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, or so I'm told. <laughs> it comes up yep. in, a, it comes up in right. other plot. It came up on Investigating Mars for the... Uh, for the bus crash uh, season, people season two. like have those in their car and stuff. I know because that yeah, it's it's accurate. That's the that's him. Like Saint Francis of Sissy, the Saint Saint the uh, the Saint for uh, pets. Yep. Mm-hmm. Animals in general, yeah, especially yeah. pets. Yes. Yeah. So so Anna ends up looking around, finding eventually the uh, Saint Christopher medal attached to a stuffed critter of some sort or another. And uh, then she sees on the news that there's been a coup in Bolivia, where they're from. Was anybody else a little confused as to who these people were? No, I remember and why. Them. And why we're having why their that plot line was there? Well, we had talked last time about the the little pan flute. Yeah, band, the, the bands so that were all over the place in I, Minnesota. I figured anyway. that was what it was about. It's that band, uh, yeah. It's that band. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's right. right. They were there for the World Music Festival. It was, yeah. it was in fact, the only uh, budget budget reasons probably uh, the only group that we actually saw during the World Music Festival. Right. Okay, never mind then. I just, I forgot. I mean, I, I didn't even realize the World Music Festival was a thing until you mentioned it. Yeah, I'd forgotten all about that plot line from the last time, from, I guess, episode one. Well, I so. think the main point of focus for the World Music Festival was uh, Jeffrey breaking down crying and not really the uh, music per se. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. So once you, once you recognize that main point, you're like, okay, well, whatever. He went to, a, to an event and cried. Yes. <laughs> and who cares what event? Times. Well, that event was that event. Yeah. Didn't seem important at the time. No. Um, so after the uh, opening theme, uh, Jeffrey is apparently a statistic, as Ellen is ready to point out, and mentioning Bob Dole. Ah, uh, wait. The opening theme, I saw someone's name that I recognized. Who's yes. name? I don't know if we want to talk about this now or later. I know it's what you were just alluding to. Yes. We, can, we can wait. But... I, do have, I do have a full introduction when we get to it. Okay. The... All right. More or less. Uh, I will stop. A somewhat full introduction. Uh, so, uh, Ellen, yeah, Ellen points out Bob Dolan, that helpful PSA with all the statistics <laughs> in it. Uh, meanwhile, Barbara staying in their house is, is causing some friction. Or, or the lack of friction. <laughs> or lack of friction. I call that non friction. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. Like young adult friction? Wait, no. <laughs> no, no. Wow. no, no. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the, uh, the, the young people doing things comes later. Yeah, it does. Trust me. Uh, okay, so... It's Bob Dole anyway. I mean, really. Ugh. Well, probably Liddy yeah, Dole. Probably Dole. Liz is Dole. Yeah, Liddy Dole. Well, Elizabeth Dole. Good for her. Yeah. 
Hmm. Beer time. There we go. Beer mm. time. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so then in the rehearsal space, the dancers are doing their preliminary movement exercises, and then the space is turning over to the acting company. And then we meet a crop of ingenues for this episode, uh, for this uh, season, who are regarding each other and gossiping, apparently all rooming in a house together. You know anything about that? We'll yes, talk about that later. I do. We'll, we'll get anecdotes later on on that. Oh, God. Uh, first member, uh, they show the musical, the, there's a musical cast member in this house, uh, and uh, her name is Megan, and her, the actress is named Melanie Murkowski, and she mostly does stuff online. Uh, after Slings and Arrows, she did 34 episodes of Lonely Girl 15. Weird. Ah. And more recently, she was in Continuum, but that is not the Continuum that's airing on Sci-Fi with all the wonderful cast. It's a Continuum web series with three cast members. Hmm. And it's not, it is completely unaffiliated with the, uh, the show on Sci-Fi. Hmm. And she is coming up this summer on a, on a uh, network series, however. She's going to be on the FX series The Strain, which is based on a book by, and I think all episodes are being directed by, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, wow. Oh, very cool. Interesting. So uh, I, I, I looked down the cast list of that show, and I don't know if she is in any of the episodes with them, because it's just sort of a, a whole a, a accumulated cast list that says, you know, how many episodes each person is in. But uh, she will be uh, joining the likes of... Um, some other, actually, people who connect with other uh, other intro casts. So we got Doug Jones, who was one of the gentlemen in the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hush. Let's not talk about that. That still give me nightmares. And he also plays uh, <laughs> unconnected intro cast. He also plays Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies. Huh. And, Wait, hmm? does he? He plays him, but he doesn't voice him. Yeah, I think he's the the face. The the he's the guy in the makeup. Okay, because it's voiced by David Hyde Pierce. Yes. Okay. And uh, Niles Crane. Then also connected to intro casts, we've got uh, Francis Capra in one of those episodes of The Strain. He's Weevil on Veronica Mars. And uh, then we also have George Buza in one of the episodes. He played a guy named Stuckmore in this movie called Men with Brooms. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was Stuckmore? He's the uh, drug dealer. Ah, so gotcha. the, 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 drug, the drug supplier. Right, right. The angry giant. Ah, ah the guy with the head, head wound hairy. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I went down a, a, a cast list rabbit hole the last night. I, I spent a lot of time just looking at the cast list and figuring out who people were connected to because everybody's connected in Hollywood and apparently in Toronto as well. <laughs> yep, that's right. Uh, then we look over to the, the, the acting company side, and we've got a couple of people talking to each other. We've got Paul, and Paul is played by Aaron Abrams. He is known for co-writing and starring in YPF, a.k.a. Young People Fucking. And uh, he played Aaron in Take This Waltz. Oh. And he's currently in the main cast of Hannibal. He's appear, appeared in, I believe, every episode of Hannibal that's currently aired as Brian Zeller. Hey, Paul. Yes? Out of curiosity, do you know who directed Take This Waltz? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. As I said, plays Aaron in Take This Waltz, so it's interesting that he's playing a character with his own name, uh, almost like he's familiar with the director. And here we go. Sophie, meanwhile, is played by Sarah Pauly. Sarah oh. Pauly, who we mentioned in first in the first season when we uh, when we pointed out um, Michael Pauly. Michael Pauly, who plays Frank, who was in a movie that had just come out, directed by Sarah Pauly, right? About yeah. her mom. He's a documentary. What was that called? It was called Stories We Tell. Yes. It was about about finding out that basically about finding out that her mom had an extramarital affair, and Michael Pauly was not actually her father. 
right? I wonder if they know that while this while this episode is happening. I don't believe they do. I believe they are uh, still under the impression. They're in full familial bond. Well, I mean, they're in full familial bond anyway. He raised her. <laughs> right, right. Blood bond. Yeah, there's definitely uh, yeah. There's that. Uh, Sarah Pauly. Uh, is has been an actress and director. Uh, her acting roles include the uh, remake of The Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. uh, a Hal Hartley movie called No Such Thing with a fire-breathing monster. Really weird Hal Hartley movie for Hal Hartley. Mm-hmm. Uh, also Go and Existence, and a uh, movie called Last Night that I mentioned uh, at some point in the past. Uh, it's directed by a guy named Don McKellar, who plays Darren in yeah, this series. <laughs> You uh, you breezed over it, but Go is one of my favorite movies of all time. I no, loved it. I love it can't Go. Be. That's my favorite movie. It's really really good. I don't think not not my favorite, but one of my favorites. I do like it. It's yeah, I like I like it, and I I, I categorize it along with uh, a more recent movie, uh, Nick and Norris Infinite Playlist. Oh, that was really awesome too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, one of those movies is good. <laughs> oh come on. I'm not a big Cat Denning fan. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, Cat Denning. Uh, oh, never mind. That's. Well, no, that's something that, that John Pavlich and I have a running discussion on because it's an in-joke between him and his listeners on Sofa Dogs. Okay. And he's going to be the expert on the Idjitcast, which is recording its premiere episode on the May 30th at uh, 8 p.m. Central Time. Oh, my God. Cool. If you want to get feedback, it's on the same voicemail line as our voicemail line, which I don't Excellent. have in front of me right this second. But... Uh, so, and she's also been a director... She directed a movie called Away From Her, and some of the extra cast in there is uh, Catherine Fitch, who plays Maria on this series, and Grace Lynn oh. Kung, who played uh, Emily, or Mamalee. Mamalee. Weird. Oh, yes. Man. This was the introduction to Sarah Polly for a lot of people. Indeed. And Stories We Tell, of course, is, was the, uh, was the uh, documentary she directed. And she also directed a movie called Take This Waltz. <laughs> and that had Erin uh, Abrams, who she's currently in the scene that we're talking about with. And it also had Luke Kirby, who played a guy named oh, yeah. Jack Crew Jack. in season one. Oh. Wow. Wow. Of this series. So there you Tight. go. And the circle connects here. Mm-hmm. The circle connects here. So, Tight-knit community there. As I said, I went down a cast-linking rabbit hole last night and spent a whole lot of time during the first like five minutes of this episode writing down a whole bunch of stuff and looking it up yeah. rather than continuing to watch. Um, so Paul and Sophie are obviously uh, best friends, and she goads him about Megan being attractive. So they're obviously, uh, they don't believe that they're a uh, romantic relationship together. They're a platonic relationship together. Is that possible? <laughs> Don't know. Don't know. Sure it is. Is it possible to have a platonic relationship when you're, you know, in a theater with someone named Paul? Mm. Oh. <laughs> well, I tried. I tried. Then I gave you tea, and then... You just had the that cute 80s hair. I just couldn't, couldn't stand it. There you go. Skater hair. And you, and you would flip <laughs> you would flip your bangs so that you could see. Of course. Because they were in your way all the time. You'd flip your bangs. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I've known her 23 years. We've got some history. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Richard, meanwhile, is enjoying his car's assist service and uh, having a good chat with, uh, with a different Emily, the assist operator. Uh, and meanwhile, Anna is still working to try to track down Los Perdidos. She's apparently lost them. <laughs> yeah. Lost I- Los Perdidos. 
Every time and you say that, I think of that book I just read, Iris. I'm totally mm-hmm. like lost. I'm like, why are you talking about that book? Uh, oh, because you just read Capitan Jones. I did. Yes, no, this is uh, Los Perdidos, which means the lost in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I, I, I finally just came out and said it. Um, she's still trying to find them. She's also trying to get Jeffrey and Richard to go to the HR meeting with her. But both are in rehearsal, and she doesn't really take that very well. She's apparently doing all the work. Like, looks like she is. Yeah, all, all the non-artistic work. Yes. Rather, which we'll get, we'll get around to that again later, I know. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So uh, then we've got uh, Frank and Cyril having a little discussion about whether Frank could be Lear, or whether he would want to be Lear. Uh, I have a question real quick before mm-hmm. we get into that. Um, isn't there like a little scene between Richard and Jeffrey... Yeah. After they talk to Anna, where they're discussing rehearsals or something. Um. Yes. That's, and Holly. Okay. I believe that's in here, and I think there might be a quote on our quote list for that. Maybe. 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 Have we? Have we? Or have we already gone past that part? Because um, I just wanted to make an observation. Yes, it is. It is in between the uh, between Anna and Frank and Cyril. Okay. Because in the background of that scene, there's a New Burbage 2003 poster. And I'm wondering, was 2003 the first season? Is that when that took place? Uh, I believe that's when they shot the first season, I think. It's like a callback to the 2003, you know, the Jack and Kate season. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm. Even though it's not Jack and Kate. <laughs> okay. Uh, actually? No. Wait, let me yeah, it is Jack. Oh, it is Jack and Kate. Jack okay. Kate, yes. You got it right. All right. I was just wondering, you know, I thought that was kind of cool that they had what I thought was a nod to the first season of the show. Yes, well, they're very astute well. production designer. Yes, yes, they're on the ball there at the old slings and arrows set. Uh, then, it uh, sounded like you said slings and arrows. No, that's because I'm drinking beer and I didn't have any food recently. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. Want some nuts? No, no nuts. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. Almond Joy's got nuts. Mounds don't. <laughs> <laughs> See, who says advertising doesn't work? Hershey's going to be happy. (laughs) I think that's Mars. Mm, I think it's Hershey. No, I think you're right. I think it's Hershey. I just did a trivia question for Atomic Trivia War 9000, but no one's a normal joy. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Here, let me get get the thing out. The thing? (laughs) Oh, is that what you were using? (laughs) Oh, you know why it's not working? Oh, because you got the extra piece on there. There. Round two. <laughs> so uh, Jeffrey is already close to weeping as he's uh, as he's in there. He's not even talking yet, and he's he's uh, trying to settle down with uh, Ellen, attempting to uh, not draw too much attention to his breakdown. He hasn't broken down completely just yet. Uh, Richard is already having a little bit of trouble with Darren. Mm-hmm. Didn't take long. Eh, Darren's spirited. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mean, speaking of spirited, uh, possibly mean-spirited, Charles meets some of his cast and uh, alienates pretty much everybody one way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey nearly gets done introducing Charles before the company, uh, before he starts weeping, and, but Charles rescues him with an exercise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was nice. That one moment really made me like Charles a lot. Char- when Charles took o- gently took over the floor, so to speak, in the meeting from Jeffrey by starting the exercise, that that made me smile. 
nice thing for if that was actually a nice decent thing for him to do yeah well i think I, I, it appears as though he has more respect for his director than he does for his fellow cast i don't know if that's i mean that's my opinion i agree with that yeah seems that way but you didn't you didn't know that at that point you know well it certainly yeah, seemed no. that way <laughs> no it seemed like he was respectful to everybody at that point uh, so, uh, yeah, the exercise where uh, Charles will tell the story through his character's perspective. And uh, then he tells the story of Lear, but this is intercut with the playwright, Nigel Harrison, singing and telling his Hastings, his East Hastings musical uh, plot. Mm-hmm. Nigel is Damien Atkins. He's done lots of Canadian television. He was also in a movie called Take This Waltz. <laughs> As an- I did, have you watched that movie? I have not. I have not either. I want to now. I mean, it's been on my Netflix queue for a while because it got a lot of indie cred whenever it came out. But yeah. I've yet to see it. Yeah, it's also got like Sarah Silverman and Seth Rogen and some other... Really? Yeah, I was going to say, Seth Rogen is the main character, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe that should go on our list, Paul. It probably should. But it's not like dick and fart joke funny Seth Rogen. It's like... Yeah, I don't need that. 50-50 kind of serious Seth Rogen. No. Yeah, we'll fit that in between episodes of Supernatural. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, uh, the keyboarder, he looks familiar. It was he... I wasn't paying attention. Okay, he looks like uh, another... I, not that he's like ever had a speaking role, but I, I want to say he maybe played the keyboard when Richard... Uh, Auditioned? Performed. Yeah, audition? I want to say that I've seen him play the keyboards at other New Burbage events. Well, it's, it's possible that he either really you know, fakes, fakes playing the keyboard pretty well, or maybe he's actually playing. One or right. Who can tell? Um, I'll just come out and say what we're all thinking, that East Hastings represents rent. Yes, it does. Yep, that's right. Ah, uh, yep, it was very, very clear to me. And this is nothing that's been handed down to me by the uh, makers of the show in terms of uh, knowing things uh, outside of the show. It's just pretty darn clear yeah yeah pretty darn obvious oh by the way does anybody know is east hastings a place in canada uh, probably is i think it's a i think it's we could look that up that's yeah, it. i want to somebody take that. a second sounds familiar i got okay. it thanks and i'm thinking of east lansing for whatever reason but that's oh it. Yeah. that's it no godspeed east hastings godspeed came up um vancouver no hastings streets hmm um, it could be Vancouver. Vancouver. I think it is Vancouver, yeah. Vancouver does have a, quite a bit of a heroin issue. And there was a reference to Seattle at one point, yeah. which is close uh, to Oh, yeah. It. They mentioned going to Seattle. Yes, I think that all makes pretty good sense that it might be might be Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, I, it is. So, so is this, you think this is better overall, that they can, they can make fun of the, the genre and sort of make fun of Rent without making fun of an actual show? I mean, they don't have to pay to, pay to make fun of an actual show, and possibly no show would let them make fun of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fine. Yeah. yeah I'm, I, I mean, agree. I think the uh, South Park people did it better. Yes. In uh, World Police or whatever, with Team everyone America, has case. World Police, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, uh, the, the show as we see it is it seems really both believable but slightly absurd at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Don't it don't does. do any of the lyrics. No, no, I don't. Have, <laughs> don't have any of them in this uh, in this summary here. Uh, uh, but after after Charles finishes telling his his tale of Lear, um, and before the read through, he he needs a he needs a break, and the uh, 
goes to the restroom and uh, apparently assembles his rig and shoots up. Well, mm. you know, he's in a lot of pain, I'm sure, if he's got the cancer. Yes. Yes, he's... Oh, there. Gotten there yeah. yet. Oh, sorry. Oh, yes. I, I, men- I mentioned it in my 60 second challenge, um, but indeed we right. have not gotten there yet. Yes, you're right. You're right. And also, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't actually watched the series, <laughs> what the heck are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, go, feel free. Feel free. We like listeners, but okay. Jeffrey uh, sees a therapist counselor based in a church. Uh, he's also a priest, apparently. It's an Anglican church. Mm hmm. Uh, and- I haven't. Go ahead. Oh, I was I was going to say I, I I did bother to look up the Anglicans and they are considered they're called priests in the Anglican Church. Oh, yeah, not have, ministers. That's no, the they title. have priests. And well, nuns. yeah, I guess ministers are priests yeah. and bishops. They it's pretty bishops much uh, nuns. same as Catholicism with some slight changes. It's Catholicism with the dash of divorce. Right. <laughs> for the we, can, we can thank uh, Henry VIII for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, that is the history. I noticed in that, right before Jeffrey read the sign on the church, I noticed there's a a little tiny white sign in the upper right corner of the screen caught my eye, and I could see that it was a white metal sign that said, the Anglican Church welcomes you. And I didn't know that was a thing that they did in Canada, too, because uh, Episcopal churches in the U.S. do that um, whenever they can, whenever the, unless the city won't let them put up a sign pointing out, hey, the church is over here. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that a lot. Hmm. Uh, Apparently they do do that there. Yeah, so this was news to me, and that, I thought that was pretty neat to know. So this uh, therapist, counselor, priest is Dr. Andrew McTeague, and he's played by Chris Levins. Uh, Chris Levins, uh, mostly TV. He appeared in uh, La Femme Nikita television series, the RoboCop television series, uh, and this little show called Due South. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With uh, Jeffrey Tennant? No. <laughs> yeah. Paul Gross. Paul Gross, indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, and since, since, he, uh, since he did uh, Slings and Arrows, he's actually in the main cast of a television series currently airing called Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. And one of his co-stars in that is Jason Mewes. Hmm. Oh, uh, Silent Bob, no, uh, Jay. Jay. Jason yeah. Mewes is Jay. And he's been doing that for, for for about three seasons now, I think. Wow. He must have been able to stay sober for a little bit. Uh, oh, I was talking about Chris Levins. Oh, but yes, yeah, so Jason Mewes has been in has all three seasons as well. Yes, he has. What do you mean by sober? Oh, he had a, he, oh yeah, he had he had alcohol huge, problem? No, uh, uh, meth and heroin. Uh, I didn't know about that. Wow. Oh yeah, no, he was he was really uh, when when he was on uh, uh, Smodcast, when he guested on Smodcast with Kevin Smith uh, a couple of occasions. Uh, he was really. I mean, he was he was still he was working on recovering. He was on the show because he was recovering. But uh, right, huh? Crazy. But like he had ruined all his teeth, and he, he had he had a bad bad set of choppers in, and it didn't sound very. He sounded really messed up. Damn, that sucks. I think he's better now. Uh, well, you know, as better as you can be with the old uh, heroin habit. Yeah, you got to get some implants. Im- uh, for th- teeth. For teeth, yes. For teeth. <laughs> Sorry. Tooth implants. Yes. Um, so, uh, Dr. McTeague knows of Jeffrey, uh, mainly because of the reputation of the time he tried to throttle a swan. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey tells him about the weeping problem, the uh, erectile issue, and he's distracted by a squeaky toy. Uh-huh. Wielded by Oliver. Yay, Yay. Oliver! Yay, Yay. Oliver's back. back! 
It, was he yeah. not in the last episode? I can't remember. He was briefly in it. Uh, yeah, with the oh, uh, as uh, in the, the dream, very, very beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the dream, in the dream sequence only. Mm-hmm. And and I believe I remember Jeffrey was looking around for him, but couldn't find him. Indeed, Oliver is troubled that he's mm-hmm. still there. Actually, uh, as soon as uh, as soon as Jeffrey notices Oliver, he pretty much just walks out of the therapy session and uh, into the <laughs> sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um. Oliver's trouble, he's still there. Jeffrey berates him about not being around while Jeffrey's in a crisis, as he's come to mm-hmm. expect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Jeffrey has come to expect that. I wrote in my notes, that is, in fact, a good question. Why is Oliver still there? The, the Hamlet production that was just wrapping, that was just getting started when he died was completed successfully, Oliver's Macbeth finally got produced, uh, kinda. It turned out to be both Oliver's and Jeffrey's Macbeth. So what business could Oliver still have left unfinished? At that point, I predicted that Jeffrey needs Oliver to get him through his current crisis. But later, I would change that prediction. Well, I kind of also wonder, is Jeffrey, is is the weeping about mourning? Is mm, Good is point. It? Is he finally mourning Oliver because he doesn't ha- that Oliver doesn't have a purpose for being there anymore? Yeah, and Oliver's like, I want out, and now he's starting to go in the morning. I don't know. Okay. Hard to say. That, that could really be too good much. Point. We, yeah, oh. we really, with Oliver being around as a ghost, we really didn't see Aunt Jeffrey or anyone. Not that anyone else would have. We didn't really see Jeffrey uh, mourning for Oliver at all. So, Nate, that is actually might be going on. It's Good observation, Darcy. Thanks. I still contend that it, it might just all be in his head. Because, oh, yeah, there's that. Because, like, the second that uh, Jeffrey gets some kind of confidence, Oliver disappears, at least the first yeah. time. Yeah. You're right. He does. When he says, well, I don't need you, and then suddenly he, dis- he slowly fades away. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's finally getting over whatever kind of mental thing he's having. Mm-hmm. Sure, could be that, too. It's possible. The only, only, uh, the only uh, definitive thing we ever saw was the the cage popping open in season one. Mm-hmm. And that could have just been the cage popping open. Indeed. These things. Yeah, there was no hands, right? No, no. hands. Nope. nope. Uh, so Anna is still looking for looking for Los Perdidos. <laughs> hmm. uh, she tells Richard that the grant applications are due. He's totally forgotten about it, and he puts it off until after hours. <laughs> and he actually, you know, sort of says, you know, stop being me from last season, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I, want, I want directly reference in case anyone wants to quote it later on. I don't know. but uh, I do. Yes, that is one of my many quotes. I have quite a few from this episode. <laughs> and I do, I must say, wow, the 180 that Richard has done since we first met him in the first season is truly amazing. I'm really yeah. loving that story arc. We have to thank Sanjay for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's he right. Him. Sanjay he really took the cork out of wherever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I'm going to thank Holly for it. Remember Holly? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Back when. Uh, yeah. But she, oh, she tried to drag him down the wrong path. Don't you think? I know. I just It made me think of what he was like in season one, which then made me think of Holly. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot all about her. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Charles, in rehearsal, is on uh, on both Ellen and Barbara about the use of verse in the speech. And he's not really being all that nice about it. Really? Really. 
<laughs> no, he's not. And I wrote in my notes, Okay, Charles, you know what an iamb is. Great. Good for you. Yes, you should be able to hear the verse, but it's not the be-all and the end-all of delivering lines. And no, not all of the meaning is in the verse. Looks like, once again, the play's lead actor's way of doing things conflicts with the way the regular members of the company prefer to do things. And, I mean, I, I haven't seen lots and lots and lots of productions of Shakespeare, but it really seems like a lot of the, the back-and-forth dialogue, really, you don't really hear the verse when American actors these days are performing it. I'm going to say, like, if you do hear the verse, then it comes off fake. You, I mean, you, you hear the verse. Yeah. You definitely hear the verse in soliloquies and speeches and mm-hmm. things like that. Right. But it, it kind of falls away, possibly uh, for the audience's benefit, you know, to, to really understand what's going on. All right, so as a Shakespeare newbie and pretty ignorant on it, mm-hmm. when we say the verse, we're talking about, like, the rhythm and the timbre of the yes, speech, right? Yes, exactly. Like, da, 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 exactly. Right? Yeah, and, it's, and, and those, those are anapests, not iams. It's da-da, 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 yes, da-da. Yes. Okay, well, I don't know what either one of those two words that's, mean. That's okay. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's there's a... Th- the anapest, those are the names for the kind of the kind of poetic rhythm or meter that we're both replicating. Right. Uh, sorry about that. I'm oh, going sorry. all English English class nerdy over here. And the other one um, was called a an I am. I am. As an iambic pentameter. Exactly. Yes. yes, that's what it is. That's gotcha. when there's one. And almost everything Shakespeare ever wrote that's in verse at all is in, as you just pointed out, iambic pentameter. The first syllable is not stressed, and the second one is, and this pattern repeats. No, I, anyway. I did not know that. I actually just know the word iambic pentameter, and which I'm probably butchering. I didn't, no, no, I didn't actually even know the definition of it. Yep. As cool. in, the second syllable is where the accent is. Yes. Yes. You're well. And it and it is a, uh, a second syllable or second word. Second syllable. syllable. Yeah, it's, it's have a, to be a word. Yeah, the, it, it's it, it's a continual one two one two one two one two. So it's like Rome, the ten. You know, Romeo. Depends on <laughs> depends on where Romeo is in, occurs the in the speech. Yeah, yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, if it's if it's on the an odd or an even uh, beat, Romeo or Romeo, thou Romeo. That particular line doesn't exactly yeah have yeah, meter yeah, I, anyway. I was just trying to give a to be or not to be. That's a better example. That's a good one. Okay. <laughs> And you're emphasizing just how stupid and fake it sounds when you right exactly. When, if, when he did it, it he did it to show them the verse. I was like, well, dude, mm-hmm. you're taking me out of this. If they're now doing a good like job, you don't notice it. I right. would you worse, I would have <laughs> right. you be. You know, if you say it the correct way, then it, it doesn't it doesn't come off as that. So yeah. it, it's um, it's interesting to me that he's uh, I don't know going off on them. When generally speaking, it's supposed to be subtle. It's supposed to be subtle, yeah. So there you go. Darcy has actually performed in Shakespeare on stage uh, in college. It was a long time ago, buddy. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we see uh, in the musical, we see some of the musical performance, but uh, Darren does not want the lead, Megan Lulu, to sing Emotions. <laughs> So he shares an obscure anecdote and then makes her sing the duet alone. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point Nigel, the playwright, songwriter, insists that uh, Richard should intercede if Darren is really out of control. Apparently Nigel has maybe seen something that Darren's done before. Almost anything <laughs> that Darren's done before. <laughs> Perhaps. Except for last season. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Charles is now on to berating Sophie. And Ellen really calls him out on it. And Jeffrey doesn't really make any decisions, but to his relief, it's the end of the rehearsal day. Yeah, Charles is not real nice. To, I mean, it's another example of him not being very nice. I think that's, that's three, right? Right. I would describe him as gruff. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say gruff. I'd say asshole. But that's me. Well, yeah. No, he's a dick, too. Okay. Yes. Entirely. But he's an old man dick, so he's gruff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I could okay. go with that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like Scruff McGruff. Scruff McGruff. <laughs> Take a bite out of cry. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> okay, that wasn't that much of a tangent. It, it was just, it was a little flippant thing, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was fun. What was the next? Oh, Don't Richard, uh, me that look. Richard and Anna are okay. worried about their uh, surplus and how it affects their chances at getting grants. <laughs> Surplus, a.k.a. profit. Richard isn't worried. They can spend it on all manner of things, but he's going to celebrate. So they go to crack into some of the gift baskets that they got for successful production of Macbeth. Mm-hmm. Which, what Anna was saying, though, is 100% true. And that happens like everywhere where budget is concerned, that you never want to go over budget or under budget. Mm-hmm. You want to try to get hit your budget on the mark so that next year you get that same amount. That's right. Because if you go under budget, then you're going to get whatever you went under budget on the next year. That's yeah. everything in business and school and, I guess, theater productions. Guess what? We saw that you could get by with 10000 less, so you're getting 10000 less. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I see. I've been known to, like, when I would get to the end of a show, yeah. if we would still have money left, I'd go out and, like, buy bulk tights and stuff that I totally. know you'd be able to use in the future because... Completely useful for the shop and completely... Uh, on the budget. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Richard and Anna, no, I got that part already. Jeffrey is shocked as he enters his office to find a hanging Oliver. Oliver, mm-hmm. again, as he said before, wants to move on. He's even gotten so uh, gotten to the point where he's kind of not even caring to affect his accent yeah. in some places. It reminded me of um, Harold and Maude. You remember that movie? The, the I walk in and he's dead but not dead. Yeah, I was like, yeah. hey, look, it's Harold and Maude, but not. That might have been a little nod to Harold and Maude, because that is... That is pretty much a, exactly the visual. The shot, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the same reaction of the person who... Well, no. No, that wasn't the reaction. The mother, yeah. the mother was like, would you just get down? Again? <laughs> For God's sake. This is enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so basically he's, he's again saying that he wants to move on and eventually he fades out. Mm-hmm. You know, why uh, not a writer did the same thing in Heathers, I think. Mm. Or maybe it was Beetlejuice. Yeah, I'm vague on... Uh, in yeah, Beetlejuice, no, I think it was, she did. was Beetlejuice, I believe. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. go to the Sorry. other side. <laughs> That's all right. You know, Heathers, Beetlejuice, it's all good. Right. She was cute in both. So I'll say, though, uh, when uh, Oliver fades out here... This kind of dispels my theory that it's not that it's in Richard's head, but that his confidence makes him go away because he didn't really have a, a confidence episode. He just kind of disappeared out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Not saying that my theory is false, but it, 
has less ground now. Hmm. But maybe, you know, as time passes, he needs him less, and not necessarily just because of confidence, but just not necessarily needing him. Yeah. Hmm. Moving on, Richard and Anna are drunk and wrapping up their proposals. <laughs> then uh, Richard gets to talk about the musical rehearsals, and Anna gets to be proud of Richard for coming out of his shell, having fun. Uh, Anna, uh, Richard asks Anna if she's still seeing Lionel, uh, though not by name, and when she says no, he goes in for the kiss, which she soundly <laughs> rejects, and there's a great quote afterwards that yeah, is not we'll, coming we'll right now. We'll leave that quote for somebody. I don't know if that's a great quote. I think that is, uh, well, I guess we'll talk about it when someone says it. Sure. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I, I was amused. Paul and Sophie try and fail to throw their weight around as classical company versus the musical company at the bar, trying to get their favorite table. Well, mostly it's Paul. Sophie's mm-hmm. like, uh, let's, let's get out of here. Well, he's being kind of a dick. Yeah. Yes, yep, he is. He totally is. And I wrote in my notes, yeah, right on, musical cast members. You guys were there first. Also, it looks like they're set, it looks like the TV show writers are seem to be setting up a bit of a rivalry between the musical cast and the classical theater cast. Yeah, this is the first uh, hubbub, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. this uh, this would not be out of place in an episode of Glee in the lunchroom. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's that? Do you ever watch that? I show? don't really watch Glee, but I, I can picture it. Okay. I, I watched uh, I watched the Star Wars episode. Did you? I like the Star Wars episode. That's kind of cool. Well, I guess I'd watch that part. Yeah, you watched it with me. No, I did. Yes, not. you did. Oh my God, I don't remember. It was had a cameo from Chewbacca. Were they drunk? Was it really Peter Mayhews? Was I asleep? I don't know. He's got bad knees. I hear. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be in uh, episode seven. I've heard that too. Oh, he's gonna have to lose some weight to fit in that suit. No, he's super skinny. No, he is thin. He's like, really, he must have some kind of disorder. Yeah, I don't know if he has Addison's or... or... We know a guy who's super skinny. Ellen, in uh, Ellen and Jeffrey's Kitchen, is having anecdotes with Barbara, mostly about her tax troubles and her (laughs) brother-in-law banging (laughs) troubles. Uh, Barbara's having hot flashes. It says she's not troubled to be getting too old to have kids or that she's not in a steady relationship. She's got a a mechanism for coping. (laughs) Do y'all know who Hoda Kotb is? No. From Kathy Lee and Hoda? No. The fourth hour of the Today Show? Nope. No. Okay. Never mind then. That's who Barbara reminds me of. Okay. The end. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe a, a listener out there will know what I'm talking I'm about. I'm sure someone might. Hopefully. And uh, Ellen almost gets to talk about her recent troubles, but Barbara interrupts to complain about Charles and to insist that she might want to talk to Jeffrey about it. Meanwhile, Jeffrey finds Oliver at the stage. He asks him directly to help with Lear. Oliver is more interested in going to therapy with him. And uh, meanwhile, there's household friction in the house with uh, Paul, Sophie, and Megan. Non-friction. Uh, no, this is not friction. friction. This is... <laughs> so uh, this, is, this is a house that's being lived in by people who are in the theater. Oh, God. And people who are dancers. Oh, that was horrible. Did you, yeah. ever, did you ever live in a townhouse where there's some of the people were in the theater and other people were dancers? Yes. Did I as well? Yes. Did we do horrible things to the dancers? I, well, only after they were horrible to me. Yes, they were horrible to us first. Yeah. And then we poured Windex in their plants and I spread, uh, I, uh. I smeared beef juice on their, uh, on their uh, gingerbread house. and. <laughs> 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 
forgot about that. That was funny. That was good. Yeah. Were we sober when we did that? Relatively. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are meanies. Oh my god. Well, you have no idea. And then I would like, she would leave her dishes in the sink for like a week. And after that, I would collect them all and go put them in her bed and make her bed Uh. over it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know about that part. Yeah, she got kind of mad about that. Yeah. But I was mad about him being in the sink for a week. Pissed me off. I heard it. I heard. I heard her having. Don't don't deep don't, deep don't, nookie don't. with her not yet gay boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. Okay, so we know we know their pain. <laughs> we do. Mm-hmm. They probably felt the same way about us. Yes, I'm sure they did. <laughs> Uh, Nayum, meanwhile, has left Anna a note saying that there's good news, but uh, that's that's all we see in that particular snippet. Doctor McTeague is in session with Jeffrey, and uh, Oliver is hitchhiking along on this uh, session. I think they're saying his name wrong. Who? McTeague is actually isn't it pronounced McTeague? No, I'm pretty sure it's McTeague. Mm. Probably got corrupted in the immigration process. Nope. I really don't know. I don't have an expert opinion on this. Okay. Uh, so you're saying I'm getting it wrong? No, I'm saying that they said it wrong. Okay. Because that's how they said it you're on the show. What saying, yeah. I don't know if I heard him talk, talk, talk to him by name. They did. They did. Because I remember thinking, that's not how you say that name. So oh, all right. there you go. I didn't uh, write it down, but I thought it. The doctor, whatever his name is, is concerned about Jeffrey keeping work separate from the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And they have some discussion as to whether that's possible or whether that's indeed uh, desirable. Mm-hmm. Nayum has found Los Perdidos, who are yeah. entirely ignorant of the uh, ensuing the, the coup that has ensued in the in the uh, meantime. But their visas are expired. But they didn't get on the plane without the Saint Christopher medal. They had a, a giant scene, and they got kicked out of the airport. And they yeah. don't have visas. Which is unlikely That's with right. the, unlikely with an expired visa to have the officials at the airport going, yeah. get out of here. I think that just kind of glossed over. Ellen says that she wants to talk on behalf of the cast. Jeffrey sees through this ruse, knows that it was Barbara. Jeffrey does agree, though, to talk to Charles and asks, Ellen, meanwhile, asks about how the therapy is going and she basically doesn't hear anything from him. He doesn't, he, he clams up. You know, I have to be honest. Super personal question to ask somebody. Even if you are fucking them. I suppose. Now, as far as, um, you know, the cast having to go to the director to talk about a problem, you know, I can't say I've ever been in a situation where the director wouldn't have just dealt with that problem. Yeah, I mean, Jeffrey definitely has has always shown avoidance issues when it comes to conflict before getting around to finally dealing with it. I suppose, but I've never seen that before. They usually nip that shit in the bud, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jeffrey's definitely, in the past and other seasons, avoided things before finally getting around to it. Mm Mm-hmm. You're right. It's in character. (sighs) Richard and Nigel are bonding over their musical theater background. Yep. Wind up getting shouted at by Darren. He, he, he. By the way, Canada's mm-hmm. Wonderland is an amusement park, if you didn't know. <laughs> I did not. Sense. No, I did not know, but now that you tell me that scene, that does make a little bit of sense. Right. Charles and Sophie have another rough scene, and he storms out. Ellen again asks Jeffrey when he's going to talk to Charles. That's basically that scene. At the musical, Darren's up to old tricks. Dance with your backs to the audience, and so on. 
Apparently, a whole yep. scenes whole scenes played in the dark. Um, at Nigel's insistence, Richard goes to ask Darren about these uh, stagings, and uh, he gets shouted down. Yep, almost Same gets old Darren. almost banned from the theater. Ugh. And we move into the last scene of the uh, of the episode. Jeffrey and Charles have a talk at Charles's place. Uh, Jeffrey tells him that the cast is afraid, and he says they ought to be, but uh, Jeffrey does elaborate they're afraid of him. And when Jeffrey asks him to give the cast time to catch up with him, he reveals he doesn't really have much time. Oh, no. He's dying of cancer and has mere months remaining. Tick-tock. Jeffrey wants to cancel. Charles asks to continue. He wants Jeffrey to promise to carry on. Oliver sees this and says it might be his mission. Mm-hmm. What he needs to do to move along. And the, uh, the question as to whether Jeffrey will promise this hangs in the air as they go to the credits. Yep. Yes, it does. And I, I love this scene. And I am just, what a great note to end on. It, it just I don't totally. Know. Did it make you feel sorry for him or not? Yes. Okay. It, make, it actually kind of did. Did it make it totally. seem like the heroin was necessary? Sure. It well, the pain. Yeah, I think it does. I, I think. I mean, chemotherapy or any kind of cancer drugs, like the real shit. Yeah. That that fucks your body up. Oh, like not just during that's the times for marijuana is legal for cancer patients in some places, not in our state. Yeah, yeah, in some in some states. Not too long after this series, uh, this episode or this uh, season wraps, uh, William Hutt uh, declares that he has cancer and lasts <laughs> another year or so. Really? Um, and I do not know whether during the course of the production of this season, whether he knew. He definitely, I mean, he, came, he went out to public, made a press release and such after the series was over. Uh, a significant amount, not like immediately after the series was over. Yeah. So I don't know whether he's playing this knowing that he himself has cancer that could kill him. Wow, to yeah. that and Sarah Polly knowing, not knowing that her dad is her dad. It's weird to see these kind of things in perspective yeah, yeah. And i mean i and I, I i looked around some and i really it, it did not look there was not a direct correlation with the end of the ser- series and usually uh, if an actor has cancer they drop out of whatever role they're in is that not usually i mean a lot of times so yes yeah, i would if i was to guess especially since it wasn't immediately after that yeah. he didn't know until that's what i was thinking fact. too i was thinking that as well yeah, I was wondering about that. I knew that this was one of that act- this TV series was one of that actor's last performances. So I was wondering, did he know at the time? So, and it is a mystery. It but is, that's okay. It does add, add add a question that's interesting to think about a little bit. Um, I guess it's a good time to point out uh, if you haven't noticed already that uh, season one of Slings and Arrows was about youth. Season two of Slings and Arrows was about middle-agedness. And already in this episode, there's several references to people either aging or getting very old. This mm. whole third season is about agedness. And then the next season... Never mind. <clears throat> the next season is about immortality and the singularity. The sunset. Very interesting. So, uh, yeah, that's, that, that is something that uh, they, they have, uh, well, I mean, scho- scholars discussing the, uh, the series as well as the creators themselves have pointed out at numerous occasions. I figured it was a good time to bring that up. Yeah. So mm. you'll notice that as the season progresses, I don't think it's particularly spoilery to mention it. No. It's, no, it's pretty clear. Yet. It's pretty clear once you, once you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Okay, well, we usually do quotes and then ratings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's- yeah. Okay. I I'm hazy on it. You're yeah. So I'm going to bring up our quotes file that I uh, have written out in Dropbox here. Uh, I'll share the link. Just open the file there. And it- hey, look! It's a bunch of quotes. Mm. Uh, who's got the, uh, the the least number of quotes and, and has the most likelihood of getting all their quotes mentioned before they get to them? I have two. Well, I think you should probably mention one at this point. Go for it. Okay. Well, I'll mention the one that I like more, which is uh, not two pickets to Pittsburgh. <laughs> which, I don't know if you all remember that, but that's uh, what yeah. Oliver said to Jeff. I don't know exactly what it was referenced to. Maybe that he doesn't care or maybe whatever he has won't get him to pickets yeah. to Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if that's an actual saying or anything, but it is hilarious. So Yeah, it is. I caught that. That was I know funny. not two tickets to Pittsburgh is an actual saying, but, but I like the flip flop. Not two pickets to Pittsburgh is a Plus, sp- I mean, I, spoonerism, right? Who wouldn't want yeah, to go to Pittsburgh? I believe that's what it's called. I believe that's a spoonerism. Spoonerism. Yes. After the Why rip. is that a spoonerism? What's what's the, the what uh, is that the Reverend, the Reverend Spooner was the, uh, the the man they were talking about originally about it, and he uh, had a tendency to to, to flip his uh, leading consonants. Uh, there's a, a famous baseball player that used to do that all the time too. Yogi Berra. Yes, Yogi Berra. Thank you. That's who I think of. A Berra. No, it doesn't really work. <laughs> Call it a Yogi. Call it a Yogi. All right. Who wants to go next? I can go next. All right then. I have to pick a ticket. One or two absolute favorites. Okay, here's one. It's my new affliction. I come and go now. Kind of like a rash. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Oliver. Yeah. The banter between him and Jeffrey used to be my, was my favorite part of the show, but in this episode it kind of made me sad. Oh, actually, here's another quote that's even better okay. that I was really saving. No, Anna, the work of this place is the theater, not about the money. Get your priorities straight, Anna. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he makes this a particularly muggy face after that, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, so do, you want, do you want that one, or do you want uh, that one? I don't want that, either of those. You don't want either of those? Okay. Should I go for one of them, then? Sure. I visited a lab in Rotterdam, and I saw a chimpanzee <laughs> driven to a state of sexual ecstasy simply by listening to a C major seventh chord repeated over and over. <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. Mm? All right, you get to do a quote. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, I'm super... If you have a favorite. Um, I like this one. It's Charles and Sophie. Uh, Forgive me, dear. How much do you weigh? Um, about uh, 107. Enter King Lear with Cordelia dead in his arms. That'll be a challenge. What a dick. She doesn't... Yeah, she's tiny. Tiny, tiny girl. Yeah, really, really tiny. Yeah. Yeah. And no matter what she said, that would still be a challenge mm-hmm. for a guy like him, him, I would imagine. Ben, have we rolled through your second quote? We have not. All right. Uh, uh, the second quote I had was from, I forget what that guy's name is, but uh, maybe Neil, the, the writer of the musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. That's Nigel. 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 There we go. Uh, so when he is when they're doing the cross edits between the two plays, at first it seems like his play is kind of you know not a farce or whatever, like it's an actual play that he that they're doing. Until he sings the lines, "I hate the needle, I hate the needle, but I love the trip." 
<laughs> at that point, I was like, oh, this is a joke. <laughs> and I yeah, like that line. I think it's hilarious. It is. Especially his delivery of it. Because mm-hmm. he thinks it's the best thing ever. Yes, I'm surprised that, that he hasn't been in more things. I think he does a lot of stage, actually. I didn't really look into his stage history, but... Uh, yeah, he definitely got a set of pipes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oliver says, my condolences on your limp, limp dick. Jeffrey says, you leave my limp dick out of it. Amen. <laughs> As he sees another parishioner come in. <laughs> Anything else? You like any of the rest of those? No. You were nice to me and made me horny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were nice to me and made me horny. It's your fault that I came on to you. You were okay. nice to me. There you go. Uh, that's why I'm never nice to anyone. Right. Good idea. <laughs> yeah. Irascible to the end. Is that what you're trying to say? No. Oh, oh okay. You're nice to me. <laughs> and Yeah, let it go. Let it go. Uh, tangent bell. Tangent bell. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> no one wants that tangent. Uh, I don't need to do any of the rest of that. I just Anybody want to make sure that I had it out there. I do. Okay. Go, go Amy. <laughs> I this just struck me as amusing from that very very first scene after the opening credits. Ellen, in response to Jeffrey's, you got that off the web, didn't you? <laughs> you just Google erection and wade through all the porn. Eventually, you get to Bob Dole. Remember, he made that public service announcement. That's good. That's a good one. Yes, I mildly stepped on that at the beginning. But, but... it's still funny when you hear it. <laughs> yeah, as it goes. It is. <laughs> Yeah, it is funny. I agree. Oh, got some rating systems to put on the screen for you when we get to the rating section. Does anybody else want to do any more quotes? I think we are, I think we're covered on that. All I think right. I'm good. Who wants Maybe. to rate first? Oh, uh, mm. Amy, you can go first. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. Um, I this had a couple of moments that were really difficult and uncomfortable to watch. Uh, Charles being a dick to people. Jeffrey uh, trying as hard as he can to move on and just being depressing. But I really, really love what the the final scene between Jeffrey and Charles. So I went with 7 out of 10 impulsive alcohol-fueled kisses. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I kind of had the same reaction. I, I uh, enjoyed this one. I think it's, it's a good episode. I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 lip dicks. <laughs> so maybe 3.5 yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoyed the episode um, to a point I wonder if I am I don't know maybe I'm, I'm getting tired of their formula a little bit I hope they change it up a little for me um, so I'm going to give it uh, 6 out of 10 um, um, surplus profits <laughs> you know, I will say it's nice that they're only doing two plays this season. Because they did three plays last season, right? Yeah. Did they only do one play in the first season? Uh, there yeah. was there's Darren was doing something, right? No, Darren was, was doing Hamlet. First. Darren was doing... So that was just... That was, was the only him. play. Mm-hmm, that they had any focus on. I mean, they yet. mentioned the other ones, maybe. Yeah, but, but it wasn't, they weren't plot devices. Okay, okay, so we went from one to three to two. They're, they're using the, the superhero hero villain strategy. A sequel they gets are. three villains. and. <laughs> oh, boy. Right? Sure. There you go. Totally. Uh, if you were to rate this um, episode, Paul, what would you rate it? I was going with, uh, with seven out of ten sexual chimpanzees, personally. Uh, <laughs> I, 
I, I think I, you know it's it's it, it it's got that second episode introducing a bunch of characters thing, but uh, I think they were introduced well, and I really got a feel for who they were. So um, if seven out of the ten chimpanzees are sexual, what are the other three chimpanzees doing? Asexual. Um, <laughs> are they? I don't know. Mm. Made that up. They're having some food. <laughs> They're having some food. Watching TV. Taking a poop. Eating some nuts. <laughs> I got nuts. We know. <laughs> That's a lot of nuts. God. There, there's a reference. What do I do with you? Uh, you're gonna ask me uh, what the assignment for next week is if we're all up to that point, guys. Hey, Paul. Oh, wait, 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 Paul. Yes. Uh, what's the assignment for next week? Oh, <laughs> I'm glad you stopped me to ask. <laughs> uh, assignment for next week is season three, episode three. That way, madness lies. Which way? Over there. That way. <laughs> Pretty north. much any way around go here. Go north. Always go north. Any way around here. Northwest. North. North by northwest. Always go north. Ah, so. Uh, hey, Ben. Uh, where else can we find you around the web if we wanted to? You could find me on the Enumeration Podcast. Uh, and you can find out more information at enumerationpodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, and also on iTunes. All right, then. And, uh... D- Darcy, you got any uh, any way to be contacted that you'd like to mention? Yeah, just ask Paul. She's hiding, but I can find her. Uh, <laughs> Amy, where else where else can we get in touch with you? You can get in touch with me on Twitter at Amy Bowen and on Instagram. Uh, username there is Amy Bowen writes, as in writing a novel. All right. Well, I uh, meanwhile I'm available at uh, as really big things both. Uh, in uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter, and uh, that's uh, spelled normally. Uh, also, I have available on a new podcast coming up, as well as Darcy is, which she failed to mention. I have a new podcast <laughs> called The Idget Cast. It's, a, uh, it's an intro cast dealing with all the episodes of Supernatural, the television series. And uh, we're actually recording our premiere episode. It's going to be the first five episodes that were previously covered during our previous incarnation of uh, other cast members. Uh, We're covering all five in the first episode, and that'll be recording on May 30th at 8 p.m. Central Time. If you go to Facebook slash group slash Idiotcast, you can uh, get into the Facebook group and you can do feedback if you like. A couple of questions. Sure thing. Is... That show streaming somewhere. It is fully streaming on Netflix at the moment until, you know... We start the podcast. Until we start the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's question one. Question two. Uh, So you've already done the first five episodes with another cast, right? Yes, I did. Are you using the same RSS feed? Like, will those five be available? Those five are in there. And and, and upon upon, uh, advice of our webmaster, our webmistress, uh, she, uh, well... Tabs, the Supreme Commander Tabs. Tabitha Grace Smith, who runs Quadruple Z, uh, which is the site that we are hosted on as well, right. as at the Ghost Light. Uh, she recommended that it, to avoid confusion and people who like to get every single episode, that they don't have to listen to two full descriptions of the uh, same episode five times. No, I think that's a great way to do it, especially uh, if you're going to leave those first five on. Yes, yes. Well, we want to make sure that our newbies are all, 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 are all up to date. There is... Uh, there is important stuff, especially in the pilot. Mm-hmm. And I did watch those. Personally. I'm not entirely... Yeah, you're not entirely... I'm not entirely new because I was in the previous cast. You're not entirely new because you watched most of it with me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched all ten that I saw, but uh, you saw most of them. 
I didn't watch all ten because I I don't know I ran out of Is time. Is the possessed teddy bear in those first ten? No spoilers, please. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Ben. I don't okay. believe it is. I've never actually seen the show. Hmm. Okay, well, there probably is one eventually. Uh, <laughs> and also, I am uh, I am available uh, to be heard in little small segments on the uh, Enumeration podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I'm remembered to be included. Hmm. Blast from the past. You're almost on every episode, just I, about. I was not on either of the two parts of the uh, current episode. Oh, yeah, you were. No. No. Well, you better start yeah, mentioning no. Ben first yeah, before no. me, or it's not going to happen. Because it's a two-parter. You were totally on uh, part two of uh, Fantasy Worlds and Realms. No, nope, I've listened. Dude, I'm 100% sure you are, because it's the one where we did Bad Wizards and Good Wizards, and I had to put two of your voicemails back-to-back because you put a spoiler a warning, and you told people to stop listening to my podcast. Oh my gosh! <laughs> briefly, ben, briefly stop listening. I, I but I'm 100 sure I put it in there. Mm. I'm, now I have to check the fact that you didn't hear it. I, well, I have to make sure all of the uh, all of it. What was it? Like, was on there? Was it at the tail? Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think oh, I you're have, not uh, being very nice to Ben. No, 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 no. I, if, if, if it's there's something wrong with my episode, then I need to fix it. We are colleagues in podcasting. You but uh, it, we couldn't record it with Matt and Catherine because they they had to leave and they had been we'd been recording for like four hours or something. Indeed. Um, so I did it with my two buddies, Chris and uh, Ryan. Okay. Well, I, I might be confused. Hmm. Hmm. No. I can't imagine Paul confused ever. I'll have to go back and check myself. Because then we talked Before about I wreck uh, myself. <laughs> what good wizards and bad wizards Ryan and Chris had, mm. and then we we talked about Buffy because uh, only Ryan had seen Buffy and Chris and I had not. Wow, there's a there's an intercast for that. <laughs> yeah, I I talk about it on my podcast, but there's something about Buffy that I just I think it's the cheesiness, the campiness, or maybe it's dated. There's something about it that. that I know that it's revered by, like, 70% of my friends, but there's just something about it I, just, I can't get into. Hmm. Hmm. But that's me. That's my own bag. I like Josh Wheaton. Uh, indeed. All right. Well, I think that, that, that pretty much wraps it up for us for uh, this week. We'll see everybody uh, back here next time for the uh, That Way Madness Lies. And uh, from Elk River, Minnesota, this is Paul and Darcy, who's yawning, oh, wants sorry, to say... Sorry. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> and yeah, from Omaha, Nebraska, this is Amy Bowen, who is also has also been yawning, and <laughs> should go to bed. Yes. Uh, good night, Ben. Good night, Ben. Good night, Ben. Ben. <laughs> good night, Moon. We should let Ben say good night first. Good night, Mush. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. You be nice to him. You scholars of English, one question I'll ask. To answer, you won't find a difficult task. Of Shakespeare's great heroes, which one would you pick to award him first prize for me? In the soup, but the stupidest moron in all of Shakespeare was that old king of England, the man they call Lear. The Ghostlight Podcast and many other fine podcasts can be found at quadruplez.com. You can send your own feedback to us in a number of ways. We are on Twitter at GhostlightPC. Find us at Facebook.com slash groups slash GhostlightPodcast. Please keep discussion there spoiler-free. If you want to comment on future episodes, the newbies don't check the phone or email. Call our voicemail line 206 
309-9389. Or email us, theghostlightpodcast at gmail.com. Theme song for Season 3 is King Lear by Brendan Nolan off his Songbrook CD. Music and lyrics by Con O'Driscoll. And is used by permission from both songwriter and performer. Find all of Brendan Nolan's music at www.brendannolan.com. Three daughters he had in the course of his life. Although we're not told what befell his poor wife, I'll bet she ran off to avoid going insane after years of enduring that pompous old pain. At the Donkey and Crown, where he drank every night, the locals all knew poor old Lear wasn't bright. When they said, Your Royal Highness, we love and revere, the old fool lapped it up and bought everyone beer. I think it's interesting that this guy, um... Oh, dear. Give her a tomato. And that is 1719. <laughs> there, go to bed. Well, actually, eat those in here and then go to bed. A tomato. Tomato break. Do you need food? Um, I would love a tomato. I have, <laughs> I have some cherubs here. Mm. They are from uh, Nature Sweet. Cherubs? Yeah, heavenly salad tomatoes. Don't you know about them? Oh. Mm. No, mm. I didn't know they were called cherubs. Mm. I thought cherubs were like baby-faced angels. And these are kind of like These are apparently heavenly angels. salad tomatoes, according heavenly, to the... Uh, and they are... And we have just done a commercial. And that'll be in the extras at the end of the episode, <laughs> during the theme. Fox, you want a tomato? At the age of four score and in fear of expiring, King Lear told his girls he intended retiring. Of loss of his faculties, sadly he moaned, as if he could forfeit what he'd never owned. He said that his kingdom he planned to partition, provided his daughters fulfilled one condition. Before I hand over this rich legacy, you must tell me how much you admire me, said he. Are we ready to resume? I yeah. believe so. Some of that might end up after the after the uh, nah, close. Just let it go. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Musicals. Oh yeah, going back to the subject of musicals. <laughs> hey, we're not actually. I, I said, shall we resume, but we didn't resume yet. No, sorry. That's pretty funny. Now the two eldest daughters named Gonrel and Regan knew well what he wanted, so promptly they began to swear how they always did love and respect him. They thought that the sun rose each day from his rectum. Says Cardelia, the youngest, being honest and true, can't you see, Dather taking the piss out of you? King Lear lost a head and began to scream at her, but still she refused her ill father to flatter. Oh. oh, dear God. Are you okay? What are you Fine. doing? Yeah. Could you not break things, please? 58. Brush your teeth and go to bed. 30. 10. 9. 8. 7. Five. Five. One. Whoa, you jumped. <laughs> must, be yeah. a tele- must be a television countdown. I'm entitled. I think they're old There's enough another. to know. If it was a television countdown, that she would have like would, gone yes. for 30 seconds. <laughs> the other way around, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Not around here, man. You gotta get your shit done. Fox, are you done? What are you doing? Because I'm getting upset. I think he said he was flossing his teeth, but oh. he was actually flossing his teeth at the time. Okay. 
He's washing his, oh, he's washing washing his, his teeth. <laughs> With the brush in his mouth while he speaks. Oh, boy. Hey, Fox. Can you get the rest of that done without too much noise? Hey, there's a train that's coming down the track at the junction. <laughs> <clears throat> What's your function? 